Okay. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Monday, October 9th, 2023. Today we're going to be reading from the Big Book, and we're on page 157, the 7th and 8th uh, paragraph. Uh, it starts, uh, the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience uh, through, by 9 o'clock, I'd be boiled as an owl. Okay, the uh, today's readers are Sue L. for the steps, Kelly I. for the traditions, Rachel P., Nancy P., and Darlene H. for the text. Um, and the newcomer greeters, Colleen A.M., and the host for the second hour is Pete B. Um, the reference number for yesterday, for Sunday, the special edition, is 20,725. OA Preempt. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition says each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through its abstinence and the process of the 12 and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I'll now Morning, ask, ask Sue L to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Sue. Sue? Over. Sue, I can't hear you. This is Sue L. from Texas. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. And two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
H made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to read the steps, and I pass. All right. Thank you very much. Next, we're going to ask Kelly I. to read the 12 traditions of overeaters. Good morning, Kelly I. in Indiana, compulsive overeater, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is, sorry, (laughs) our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Kelly. All right, next up, uh, all right, uh, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. 
Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our reading of the big book on page 157, the seventh paragraph. We're going to read two paragraphs uh, from uh, going from the two friends spoke of their spiritual experiences through by nine o'clock I'd be boiled as an owl. Um, all right, I'm now going to ask Rachel P to begin reading. Rachel. Good morning, this is Rachel P, Recovered Compulsive Reader in Pennsylvania. The two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action they carried out. He interrupted, I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. I prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I'd never touch another drop, but by nine o'clock I'd be boiled as an owl. Um, I so relate to this paragraph and you know, I'm noticing that, you know, in this in this depiction of, of what happened, um, you know, Bill and Dr. Bob, you know, approached Bill Dotson, you know, and, and they, they 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 approached him in this private room, right, in this detox center, um, in this hospital, and, and they importantly they started with their own story of of what it was like when they were drinking and how bad it got and then then it's here that they start to talk about their spiritual experience right and i think it's important that it says the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience it doesn't say they talked about religion they talked about god it said their spiritual experience so their own you know personal experiences with something greater than themselves whatever that meant for each of them um, and of course, you know, Bill Dobson associated, you know, the, the spiritual piece with church, with religion, um, because, you know, those are, you know, as, as Bill has, has written about in this book, you know, those are the, the, the vestiges, right, of the past that we have, those, those, those previous ide- preconceived notions that we have about religion are going to come up. And I know that that did for me. You know, I, I I talk about this often, you know, the first meeting I ever went to, I was 22 years old. And the second meeting I ever went to, I was 28 years old, because I heard them say the word God, and I couldn't, I couldn't buy into it, because I had so much prejudice, I had these preconceived notions around my, you know, previous experiences with religion, just like Bill did. Um, you know, he, he once had, you know, religion and prayed to God, you know, I would pray to God, you know, please make me skinny, please fix this problem, please let me stop eating like this. And it never worked because I was, I, I had it wrong. You know, I treated God like, like a Santa Claus. And, you know, what I've learned in this program is that, you know, rather than, than make God do my bidding, I need to do God's bidding. And that's spirituality for me, um, you know. And so just to kind of end here, it's so important in approaching somebody to first talk about what it was like in the food 
you know, and, and really open somebody's mind to, you know, that, that, that sense of hope that there, there could be a solution, that this could work for them. And then, you know, get into the spiritual piece, because if, if, you, if we start off right off the bat with, with the God thing, a lot of people are going to be close-minded to that. I know I was. And that's why it took me, you know, six years to have an extended step one experience to finally be ready and have an open mind enough that I could, that I could hear this solution. And um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm so grateful for this book. I'm so grateful for this work and to find the solution. Thanks, I'll pass with that. All right. Thank you, Rachel, for getting us started. All right. We're going to take a list now of people that would like to share. Um, so we remind you that if you shared on uh, any uh, vision meeting on either Thursday or Friday, that we ask you to hold back and uh, let other people have an opportunity to share this morning. So that being said, who, go ahead. Sorry, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. It's Katie G. Nancy P. Patricia O. Bonnie B. Patricia C. Rachel and Hay. Patricia C. Lisa o. All right, hold on. Um, I ha- right now, Katie, Nancy, um, Bonnie, Patricia, and Rachel. I know there were some other voices. Larry G. Jennifer Larry G. Karen W. Karen W. Melissa G. I know Lori I missed w. somebody. Lori? Lisa L. Lisa L. I got you, Melissa. Thank you. Sorry. Jennifer C. No problem. Jennifer C. All right, let's. That's twelve. Let's cut it off right there. That's a good list. Um, all right, I've got Rachel, Katie, Nancy, Bonnie, Patricia, Rachel. Again, I hope that's a different Rachel. No, first Rachel was the first reader. So I've got Kathy, Nancy, Bonnie, Patricia, Rachel, Larry G. Um, Karen, I think it is. Can't read my phone, my handwriting. Melissa, uh, Laurie, Lisa, and Jennifer C. All right, Katie, let's go. Hey, Craig. Sorry about that. Katie G. Recovered in Boston. Thanks for your service. You know, for me, um, when I first came in, I heard about God and ketchup. And the thing is, I don't. Um, I don't soft pedal my spiritual awakening. I don't soft pedal God because um, for me, the entire point of this entire book is to have a relationship with God. And um, if you're out there and you have a problem with food, you know, I I don't know. I just got to the point where it didn't matter. It just didn't matter if we were going to talk about Buddha or Allah or Jesus or whoever. I just knew that I needed help. And I knew that what I was doing wasn't working. And I just want to take a minute and share about some spiritual awakenings that have happened for me. First of all, I haven't had any spiritual experiences. And for me, it was important to understand the difference between a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening. So a spiritual awakening is just when I slowly, over a period of time, wake up 
to the fact that there is a God, that I'm not it, and that things are just happening around me and through me, and I don't know why. But slowly over a period of time, when I put down, for me, the last thing, God willing, if the creek don't rise, that I have put down is exercise bulimia. And as I put down the scale, and as I put down my weights, and as I stopped getting on the scale and stopped exercising, I found that my heart opened right? Like I didn't have to be the most important person in Overeaters Anonymous. I didn't have to be the thinnest girl in the room. My daughter, yes, yes, you can have that. You know, my daughters and my husband and my dogs started to matter to me. I started to want to live a life beyond, that is your dog, his name is Henry Ollie. I wanted to live a life beyond exercise, right? I wanted to get out of the rooms and and go live a life committed to God. I wanted to be God's girls. My ideas, my emotions and attitudes about exercise and my body and myself started to change. I mean, I thought that the one way that I could change my body dysmorphia was to look in the mirror every day and say, Katie G, you are so sexy. It doesn't work, not for me, not for this selfish addict. For me, what happened over a period of time is that when I went in, when I did, when I uncovered, discovered, and discarded through the 12 steps, everything that wasn't me, what did I find? I found deep down inside of me access to a God that is so loving and kind and patient that I don't have to be unloving and unkind and unpatient to anybody. You know, I get to show up. I get to be a woman of honor, dignity, and grace. I don't, I get to be comfortable in my own skin. And I'll wrap with this. You know, when I first, my first memories are not of eating cookies. They're thinking that I should be somebody else doing something else with some other people at some other time and having to stuff that when I eventually found food. I don't have to do that today. And I don't have to do that because of the grace of my God, who is uh, more powerful than anything. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. All right. Next, we'll have Nancy, followed by Bonnie, and then Patricia. So, Nancy, you're up. Hi, good morning, Craig. Uh, good morning, everybody. Nancy P. recovered in West, Ma- West Newton, Massachusetts, although right now I'm sitting in my car in Jersey City, but I don't disturb my family. <laughs> um, anyways, for me, um, telling other people what I did is experience from a spiritual perspective. I tell people that everything I am today, I became because of them, because of the, them and the people in this program, other people in this program. And I'm agnostic, so nobody ever has to worry about me talking about God in that way. Um, Listening to others tell me what they've done or can't do or haven't done is part of my own spiritual journey. And it talks about the essence of um, spiritual awakening in the appendix on spiritual awakening, funnily enough. And essence means the intrinsic nature of or indispensable quality of something, especially something abstract that determines its character. So the actions I take to help other people are the essence of what makes my experience spiritual rather than just kind or sympathetic or friendly or whatever. And step 12 is in three parts, and they're consecutive, not concurrent. They don't happen at the same time. First, I had to awaken. And it doesn't say any of that happens until I've started the 12th step. I mean, I felt better. I was easier to get along with. I felt hope, et cetera, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is not to feel better. The point is to be useful. So, you know, I would say that I did not feel spiritually awake until I had completed step 11, which is pretty convenient considering that the next step is what allows me to stay recovered and is a wicked, important step. Second, 
I carry the message. Carrying the message gives my spiritual wakefulness depth and weight and keeps my wakefulness plugged in and charged up. But as great as all that is, it's chump change without the third part, which is to practice the principles in all my affairs, whether I like it or not, whether it's convenient or not, pleasant or not. I do it all every day. I do a written inventory at night, every night, so I can take measure of my actions and correct them if I need to. Everything I need and want spiritually comes true in step 12. Every promise in this book has come true for me. But it says on page 47 that afterward we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed out of reach. That that word afterward refers to step 11. So after step 11, I didn't just accept things, I embraced them and they became a part of me. Step 12 comes after step 11. All the preparation in the first 11 steps allowed me to awaken, help others and practice the principles. And I'll just wrap up and say, you know, this guy talks about being as boiled as an owl by 9 a.m. after a binge. And I know that feeling really well. The book is right when they say our solution is spiritual as well as altruistic. It doesn't say our solution is abstinence. Abstinence alone never got me anywhere except back into the food. And today, that's not good enough for me. Today, I get the full, the full ride. I want all of it. All the, of the dozens of promises have come true for me. My life is full of joy and light, and everyone is eligible. It's unlimited, unlimited for everyone. If you're in the food, I swear to you, on my daughter's life, it can all start today, right now. I promise it all starts in one place and one place only. Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. With that, I'll pass. Okay, thank you, Nancy. Next we have Bonnie, followed by Patricia, then Rachel. Bonnie? Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Craig, for your service, and thanks for the opening share and for the beautiful shares so far. Bonnie B., formerly of Minnesota and gratefully in the state of Florida at this point moving forward. Um, so I'm going to come at it from a different angle. You know, I came into this program as um, a Christian woman with a very solid faith in my God, um, and I wrestled with this program. I wrestled with the chapter We Agnostics. I, I wrestled with it greatly, and I've talked with many people who have wrestled with it as a Christian because it feels like, it felt like to me, like I was, like I was um, turning my back on the God that had saved me, um, my faith. And yet, this is what I've come to understand. This program is, um, is God. In a, I mean, the big book isn't the treasure. It's the treasure map that got me to God. And when, when, when he interrupted and said, I used to be strong for the church, that's what was so perplexing to me. I mean, we, we were involved in the church. We did a lot of stuff. And I had a very long list of things that I did. And I thought I did them for the right reason. I really did think I did them for the right reason. And yet, as he said, you know, as he says, I prayed to God on hangover mornings. I mean, I would binge in the middle of the night and I'd wake up and I'd be thinking, oh, dear Jesus, what happened last night? What did I do? Okay, this is the reality. I was not connected. I was, for me, um, I came into the program as a saved woman. Had I died, I believe I would have gone to heaven immediately. But I was not delivered from this thing that had held me back. This big book was the delivering point for me. I was strong for the church, but I was not free, not in this area. And so the spiritual experience that I was lacking is what God has brought me in this big book. It's to understand for the first time what separated me from him. And that was working the steps. That was steps four through nine. I didn't know what it was. I'm grateful beyond belief that we can come at it from both angles. It doesn't matter what angle you come at it from. God's going to meet us on both sides. But I think there's people on both sides. I think there's people that come in and it's very offensive to them because of the God stuff. And there's others that come in as Christians and it's very offensive because it feels like a higher power isn't really God. And I just think the God that we serve is so big. 
that he can meet every single one of us exactly where we're at because the desire is for us to fit ourselves so that we can finally be of maximum service to God and other people. And so I am so grateful, grateful beyond words for this program and for my God who brought me to this program and who opened my eyes so that I could see that he is in these steps. He is in, he's in the pages of this big book. And with that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you very much. Next up, we have Patricia R., followed by Rachel and Larry G. Patricia? Good morning. This is Patricia Overeater, um, and it's actually Patricia C. from New Jersey. All right. Um, All right. I, I can relate to two things in this in these two little paragraphs. Um, after losing my husband at 51 years old and I was 50, that's when I started using food. Um, to cover up all my pain. Um, I, too, would eat the night before alone in my house, and the next morning I would get up and wish that I just hadn't done it. And I I told myself I would never do it again, and I've tried many diets, and, of course, none of them worked. Um, I came to OA a little less than a year ago. Um, I, I haven't had a binge since. I have been struggling a little with the spiritual end of this, but I have gotten into very deep meditation, which I have found through this has really opened my heart and has helped me let go of so many of the issues that I was carrying with me, so many burdens. Um, and that is bringing me closer to, to my God. Um, I'm not an agnostic. I, I, I believe in God. I've gone to church. I still go to church. But it's a very different, um, it's a very different feeling knowing and using your higher power through this program. Um, and this program and my sponsor has been a lifesaver because um, even though I haven't been completely abstinent, but I have not had a binge or or overeating where I just felt horrific afterwards. Um, and I plan on keep coming back. I am thankful for everyone on this meeting and for all their shares and for everyone's service. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Before we go on, I'm going to remind everybody that we're reading from page 157, the seventh paragraph that starts, the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience through two paragraphs ending in by nine o'clock I'd be boiled as an owl. Next up we have Rachel followed by Larry followed by Karen. I think it is. Thank you Rachel. so much. Hi, this is Rachel Kay, a compulsive overeater from Indiana. And, uh, and I love everybody's shares of depth and weight. I, Ashamed to admit that I wanted to speak today because boiled as an owl is my absolute favorite phrase in the big book. I just think it's hysterical. But um, anyway, boiled owl notwithstanding, um, there are other things in these two paragraphs that really stand out to me, especially from my own experience, because it's talking about the, the guy's talking about, yeah, I, you know, I, I've been to church. And I have prayed like heck the next morning when I'm hungover. And I prayed my butt off. And I am not knocking prayer. Prayer is wonderful. And I use it every single day. Um, but for me, prayer was not enough. It was not enough to have faith. Um, I was in a meeting last week 
where somebody talked about the difference between uh, believing in God and relying on God or something like that, that I had to, that, you know, the, the two men talked to him not only about their spiritual experience, but their course of action. And a lot of that action is, is helping another compulsive overeater, is helping others. Faith without works is dead. I could have all the faith in the world. You know, I could navel gaze, I could meditate, but without getting out of myself because self-centered fear and self-centeredness was the root of my problem. As long as I was focused on self, whether it was, you know, improving myself, you know, that's self, this is not a self-help program. It is an other help program. So I could do all the self-improvement that I wanted, but unless I got out of myself, I was not going to get better. I was certainly not going to stay better. So, um, yeah, that's, and, and I made a lot of, of, you know, day after binge prayers, you know, hung over from the food, God, please, 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 you know, why not me? And I believe God heard my prayers. You know, I believe in a loving, compassionate God, but I have to, I have to be there. I have to be present to win. You know, God is, is willing to give all the cash and prizes, but I have to be present to win. I have to put my plate, myself in a place to receive those gifts and I put myself in that place by getting out of myself, and I get out of myself by working the steps. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. All right. Thank you very very much. Next up, we'll have Larry G. going to be followed by Karen and then Melissa C. Melissa G. So Larry? Good morning. G. Good morning. This is, Good morning. Yeah, thank you, Craig. Larry G. from California. I, too, love the phrase boiled as an owl. Oh, my God, it's... It just makes me laugh. Uh, you know, I went to meetings in my hometown that were big book study meetings and uh, AA uh, 12 and 12 meetings. And I would walk in there with my uh, my Polaroids on because I didn't want people to see my bloodshot eyes from the latest, uh, you know, relapse. And I would even pick the book up because I came from AA, I came from the mothership, and I sat there uh, smugly as if I was uh, thought I was Bill W. Jr. and then pontificate on whatever was read, um, and just full of arrogance and uh, the grandiosity. You know, it's something really delicious about an ass whipping. And man, I had the the mother of all ass whippings uh, when, before I came into a vision for you, and which has now opened my eyes and my heart to to listen to these messages behind the message. Uh, my definition of absence was uh, six and a half days of uh, being dry with uh, one good binge in between. Uh, and that was my definition. I'm not kidding. It was my definition of absence. I, I thrived on yellow light foods thinking it was part of my uh, plan of eating. And my former sponsors on this call is probably laughing their ass off because uh, uh, I don't know any any 12-step program out there today that's got depth and weight where the member uh, defines his own absence. And uh, by the grace of God, uh, I've surrendered the doctor's opinion, and today I'm entirely absent, uh, waking up this morning, uh, feeling fresh and uh, ready to uh, greet this wonderful day and uh, attend this meeting and listen to so many beautiful shares. I want to thank the reader. What an elegant way to uh, to express uh, the message in this uh, this paragraph. And I pass back to you, Craig. Okay, thank you, Larry. Good shares here. 
Next up, we're going to have Karen, followed by Melissa, followed by Lori uh, W. So, uh, Karen. Good morning. This is Karen W. from Texas. Uh, thank you for allowing me to share. It's great to be here this morning. Uh, the two paragraphs to me, um, the spiritual experience, you know, I have the slow awakening of variety by being on this journey of working the steps, sharing my secrets with another person, uh, being willing, open, and honest, and praying to a God of my understanding. I'm so grateful, um, you know, that we get to choose our God just like we get to choose our food pretty much or our food plan. And, um, you know, for me, it, this was uh, like a 911 prayer, praying after I had binged, and um, I have to learn to pray to God before I want to take that bite, uh, pick up the phone and talk to somebody and not isolate because that's what I do. Um, I, too, went to a hospital, uh, pretty much locked up for 30 days. And when I got out, it was shortly thereafter I was in the food again because it lacked that spiritual peace. And I feel like I'm a spiritual being, not a religious person because of being uh, having a warped sense of different religions for a variety of reasons. Um, nature brings me a lot of joy and, um, you know, just being open and listening to other people's stories makes me feel like I'm not alone and that there's hope and, uh, a chance to do this thing the, the right way, the good way, the, uh, feeling in my gut that I'm doing the next right thing. And, you know, I'm not perfect. Some days I get off course, but, you know, as long as I have the no matter what, I keep coming to this meeting, I keep talking to other people, I keep praying to my God, I keep working the steps and trying to help other people, I feel so much better. I'm so grateful for this program and I recently watched the movie uh, My Name is Bill W and it gives you a visual and the man was in a straight jacket and that's what the way I felt so many times because I couldn't stop myself I wanted someone else to stop me and you know I figured a straight jacket would do that because my hands would not be able to do the hand to mouth motion um, but, you know, I didn't need to do that. There's a much easier way, and it's in the, this book and these meetings that we find our solution. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, next up, we have Melissa G., followed by Laurie, followed by Lisa. Hi. Melissa G. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is Melissa G. from Michigan. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm returning, hopefully, after over a year of trying to do life my own way. And, of course, you know, it doesn't work. Um, but what stood out to me is the part where he says, he's talking about how he has religion, but 
that won't work for me because I had all the buts in the world of why I couldn't make the calls, why I couldn't follow the food plan, why I couldn't put down coffee, and it did not get me to a spiritual experience. And I think that that's just the part that I have to kind of keep in mind. And then the part about, you know, waking up in the morning, I've got that roller coaster of every morning being like, okay, today's the day. I'm going to get my stuff in order and I'm not going to pick up and I'm going to do it and I'm going to be able to maintain. And by, you know, nine o'clock or for me, it was usually by 7 a.m. that I was back in whatever it was that was just keeping me from feeling life because that's what I used food and any other substance for. I just don't want to feel the way life is. And um, God, it's painful. And I'm just, I'm really to the point of desperation. I hope. Um, at this point that I can just stop trying to figure this all out on my own because I have 44 years of life that has proven that that will fail me every single time. So I'm grateful that you all are still here a year later when I decide to call in. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for your share. Next up we have uh, Laurie W. Laurie? Yes, good morning, and thank you. Thank you for your service. And I wanted to thank Katie G and the woman that just shared before Melissa. I heard some very good information. And um, just reflecting on the reading and, and, and everyone who has shared, it dawned on me that I have been confusing God with entire life I've, I've I've tried to be a part of so many things so I guess it wasn't just religion it's many things that I heard but I realized that those things weren't God and so I'm working on establishing that connection now and uh, what I just heard was was when the woman said um she got she gets off course but she keeps coming back and i really needed to hear that because i'm less than a month in and um you know i i thought i really had this in the beginning my first couple days maybe 7 to 10 days in and everything was going really great and I'm weighing and measuring and, you know, and then I heard someone say, uh, you know, make sure that this program is really for you. And it's like right after that, so many things started happening that made me realize that, yes, I do belong here. And so I'm I'm praying to, to God as I, you know, as I understand him. And and then I heard earlier on, I believe it was the person who sh- who read the paragraphs and shared that said something to the effect of, instead of asking God to do my will, it's about me doing God's will. And I just have to believe that God's will is not for me to be uh, in bad shape and miserable for the rest of my life as I've been thus far for the last 40 or 50 years. 
And so I appreciate that you all are here for me. And um, I wish everyone a, a happy, productive day. And thank you so much for allowing me to share, and I pass. Okay, thank you so much. Next up, we have Lisa, followed by Jennifer C., and then we'll take a couple more names. So, uh, Lisa? Good morning. My name is Lisa O. I'm um, in Western Mass. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and so grateful to be here. Um, this this paragraph, and everyone shares, I can relate to so much. What really comes to mind for me is, um, you know, I've always had been a person of faith, you know, and so, oh my gosh, so many Monday mornings, Lord, help me. Lord, why won't you help me? Lord, take the weight. Just all this, diet after diet, prayer after prayer, you know, and just going through life. And it wasn't until four years ago for me that I got the part about the allergy. I am allergic to certain foods. It doesn't matter how hard I pray. It doesn't matter which diet I follow. It doesn't matter anything. There are certain foods that I can no longer eat because they they make me crazy. They create cravings. I can't think straight. I'm just this this person who I don't want to be, and I'm so grateful I haven't been that person in four years. And it was so hard because, like I said, I've always been a person of faith and always prayed and thought I was doing, you know, the right thing and stuff. But again, it came down for me, just these certain foods. And once I put them down, I was able to get that mental clarity and I was able to like really trust and rely on God. And, you know, someone's already said about faith without works is dead. Well, I had the faith. I knew one day God was going to help me just took 40 years, but I wasn't doing the work. And for me, the work was recognizing that certain foods I have an allergy to, recognizing and and spending some time grieving over these foods that I could no longer eat them anymore because they weren't good for me. They weren't, they weren't, you know, allowing me to have my, my best life and, and just be a productive, happy person in this world. And once I, like I said, I got that clarity and I got it four years ago. I've been fighting this disease for 40 years. And four years ago, I finally, finally, thank the Lord, realized that it's for me, it was that simple. It's like well, what the answer was, um, you know, and so by working the steps, following a food plan for myself and no longer eating these foods, God removed those desires for those foods. Um, you know, I don't no longer have to worry about it anymore. And I'm just so incredibly grateful. And this paragraph just reminded me of so many years of struggling and praying until I finally figured it out. So thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Okay. Thank you so much. Next up, we have Jennifer C. And then we're going to take a couple more names. Jennifer? Hey, good morning. This is Jennifer C. Recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. So grateful this morning to be here with all of you. Um, So step one, um, you know, more about alcoholism says that the first step of recovery is that I have to fully concede to my innermost self that I'm the real deal. And I used to think that step one meant that I was like all done, you know, like my last binge was, was, was horrific. And I would be in the middle of these binges and I'd say to myself, this has to be the bottom. Like 
it has to be the bottom. I almost choked on a jar of peanut butter. That has to be my bottom. I'm done. I'm done. And little did I know that that's not powerlessness. That, that means that I still think I have power to be done, right? Like all I have to do is get to the bottom and throw my hands up and that means I'm done. To fully concede to my innermost self that I'm the real deal means if I don't get this psychic change, if I don't get this spiritual experience, I'm not done. It doesn't matter how bad my last binge was. It, those memories are insufficient. That's what this book tells me, that at some point they're going to become real hazy and they're not going to have sufficient power to save me from that first compulsive bite. Can I concede to that? Can I concede to the fact that I have no power? It doesn't matter what my brain thinks it can come up with, right? And the truth of the matter is that process, of conceding to be in this real deal and and not having any power over that first compulsive bite, knowing that I'm not done, knowing that I'm not done leads me into this course of action that is a sufficient substitute. My mind is obsessive. My mind is compulsive. And so this program, this course of action gives me a very specific path that replaces my normal thinking pattern, right? Like instead of thinking about food, I I immediately think about who can I call to hash this out with? Who can I call to go through this inventory with? That's a sufficient substitute. What I love about this process is that it's meant to bring me to this relationship with my creator. And I was a born-again Christian for several years before program, and actually that worked against me at one point because just like some of you have shared, I kept thinking I was betraying God by relying on steps instead of the cross. But the reality is for me, if I believe this is a disease, if I truly believe this is a disease, which is also something I need to concede to, that means I need medication, right? That means I, that means I need a specific prescription, to lead me out of this disease one day at a time. And I'm so grateful today that I have this very specific prescription written by God. And guess what? If I follow the, if I follow the directions of a recipe and I put all the ingredients in the bowl and I follow step-by-step directions, it doesn't matter if I give Aunt Sally the credit for the, the recipe or not. It's still going to turn out great if I follow the directions. So whether someone says, hey, this is all of God, or they don't, doesn't mean it's not all of God, right? But it's a great recipe, and it works every single time. So wherever you are, do not give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. This works, and God is doing it all of us. We could never do for ourselves. Thanks. With that, I pass. Thanks, Jennifer. Okay, next up, we'll have some new names. So... Uh, who else would like to share on this prayer? Anita's heart. Anita Wanda, Wanda, Wanda R. Wanda R. Wanda R. Wanda, that's enough. I've got Anita J. I've got Wanda R. Who else? Alex B. Alice B. Let's take Alex, one more in case. A-L-E-C. Kathy S. Uh, Kathy, yes. All right. That'll be enough. All right. Anita J., uh, go ahead. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for hearing me and for your service, Craig. Um, my name is Anita J, and I'm living in the recovery, recovered in um, Massachusetts. You know, I had a fairy tale view of God. I didn't know that, of course, but I did. And that's what the first thing OA did for me was have me grow up and put the little kid's version of God, which was, if I were really, really good, nothing bad would ever happen to me. Well, that's not reality. That's not reality. I remember how disillusioned I was trying to live out of that, and my son was in an automobile accident where he crossed the center line and the person in the other car was killed. Oh my God, you think I'm thinking about him or that poor dead girl and her family? I'm thinking about, but I've been really, really good. Why am I going through this? You see the selfishness, the, the everything. That's changed. I am so grateful that I've come to understand God God will be with me in all times, good and bad, and uh, just trust and rely. And he, that was his promise. He'd be with me, not that I'd live in a fairy tale. And it's enough for me. It's been enough. It's been a joyous ride. And I look at everybody that I know, different glasses now, and they're, they've, there's love in the lens, <laughs> and uh, sometimes it works way to the heart. And I thank you so much. This vision group, of course, is the um, God spoke to me more clearly in this place than any other place, and I pass. All right. Thanks, Anita. Next, we have Wanda R., followed by, uh, I think it was Alex or Ali. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Can you hear me? I love you all. I want you to hear that. You know, we're all in this together, which is, uh, you know, some of us are criminals, some of us are saints, and some of us are both. And we're black, blue, pink, yellow, white polka dot. I mean, I just, uh, you know, it's an accident of birth. Uh, that, uh, you know, God just, uh, you know, gives us uh, time and touch and taste and, you know, we just abuse it or we use it and, or, you know, eventually, uh, you know, it, it just comes to pass and we're gone and, you know, I'm just grateful that this morning I got to church. I was able to uh, ask God for help to do my thing, which is to, you know, uh, get God going into my life. You know, he's always there, but I have to anticipate, participate, and appreciate you know, his doing in my life. He's so uh, wonderful. And, uh, you know, I just know that uh, I I never wanted to grow up 
and you know human being at this point in my life i'm 70 you know i feel things so much differently and uh experience uh life uh on a different level and I am a compulsive overreader. That must be a habit to follow to correct it. You know, I had many hours of correction working with sponsors, you know, uh, in my own sense of imprisonment, uh, you know, self-confined, you know, so that uh, it could be uh, a successful I could be successful uh, not using. And, you know, so far, uh, I am continuing to uh, enjoy, you know, not using and doing the right thing and, you know, being myself and experiencing, uh, you know, another way that... uh, always is presented, you know, uh, I always experimented uh, to discover, you know, uh, the answers, you know, which I had to be open to uh, possibilities and opportunities that they, that God presented. So uh, it was nothing that was my doing. I always was able to uh, ask God for help. He did it. Thank you. With that, I pass. All right. Thank you so much. Next we have, uh, is it, give me your name. Is it Alex or uh, B or Lisa B? Or... Al, I think it's okay. Alec B. Alec B. A-L-E-C-B. Oh, from Missouri. All right. Yeah. Thank All you. Right. All right, Alex. Uh, good morning, Thank everyone. You. Yeah, this paragraph in the shares this morning were really helpful because I, I, I am a religious man. I'm a spiritual man before program and certainly through program. And um, yeah, it's this tension. It's this challenge to negotiate our own personal spiritual relationship and, and belief uh, with this program. And, and for me, what, what I found is how um, this program has just given me a, a deeper way into that relationship with my God. Uh, that, that, is, that is the, the triune God, that is the Christian God, but that this program has deepened that and really challenged my own posture towards that God. You know, I, I was, you know, I've been a man of prayer for many years, a deep prayer, meditative prayer, and it's been really helpful and, and significant and a huge part of my life. But it, it's in the, the section, the chapter about um, meditation in this book that revealed to me that my posture was still self-centered, right? How often I'd get up in the morning and I'd get to pray and I'd say, all right, Lord, here are my plans for the day which are for your glory and then to serve, but they're my plans. Can you bless them? You know, it says, can you baptize my plans? And yet what this program invites me to do is say, actually, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do today? And then I can be quiet and I can open my hands and I can be receptive and I can wait. And that's not easy for me. It's not, you know, I'm a go-getter. I'm competent. I work hard. I minister, et cetera, et cetera. But this program says, no, pause and ponder, and pray, and proceed. And for me, just to make that pause every morning now, and I've been trying the last few weeks, to just sit there and say, all right, Lord, why don't you take lead here? Why don't you guide me? Um, 
and then I wait, and then there is a response, right? And I don't mean an audible voice, but just a movement of the heart, right? A movement towards freedom, towards openness, towards hope, towards gentleness, right? Those movements of the heart towards my deeper and holier desires. And that's, that's where that voice of my higher power is, and then I can follow that voice, right? Instead of the voice of anxiety, of, of taking lead, it's the voice of peace, and it's the voice of service, and it's the voice, uh, that gentle voice, that still silent voice of love. And that's the voice that, that brings me to freedom, that keeps me doing this program every day, that keeps you working the steps every day. And if I sit down and I say, all right, Lord, you take lead today, and I actually listen and I actually follow, that's the path to freedom for me from this, uh, com- com- uh, from compulsive overeating or restriction and any other compulsion, any other attachment towards the freedom and joy uh, that, that my that God who loves me uh, is calling me to. And so with that, I pass, and, and I'm thankful to be on this meeting and to have the same posture towards all of you where I can say, all right, Lord, speak to me through these fellows. Let me trust them. All right. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. All right. We've run out of time. Kathy, if you would like to stay and try to share in the second hour, but uh, we're going to have to move on now. So um, thank you for everyone who shared and read today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this meeting that we're just concluding is 20,726. Um, and for that's for today's date, which is October 9th, 2023. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, and that's going to be read by Nancy P. Will you please read? Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep you until then. Hi, good morning, Craig. Thank you again. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you treasure the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.